Well, amen and amen. amen. Today we continue on with our sermon series that is titled The Elephant in the Church. If you're here for the very first time, it is when I ask the congregation to send me some uh, examples or, or things that there are, people are thinking about but is not being spoken about, especially in the church. Today is our final week of this series, and hopefully we'll uh, continue on for next year. Uh, but what, one of the things that we uh, probably interesting and surprising to you is that when people are coming to church, and to hear about what they can do and what ways they can build a relationship with God, and that is through prayer. However, there are probably some of you, if uh, someone says to you, can you pray for this person right there on the spot, you're probably like, that's horrifying to you. Be like, oh, no, there's no way. I'm I'm not good enough to pray for this individual. Why are you asking me? You see, some people actually don't have an issue at times to pray for things that they know themselves, the things that they have joys for, the celebrations, the accomplishments, but also the concerns, the things that we just prayed about today and others that you may be dealing with. And so as long as that you're okay in private, that you have no issues with that. But when it comes to the point that you're asking uh, or someone is asking for prayer, when someone says, can you pray with me? Some of you, again, may be horrified, be like, no, I, I don't know what to say. So think about as an elephant in the church that, yes, even uh, coming into church, prayer can be an elephant. And that elephant can have babies. Uh, I found that they're actually called calves. I didn't realize that uh, baby, uh, baby elephants were called calves. And... So part of that is you can have an elephant that's of this weight on top of you, and then when they ask you to uh, not only just pray for one individual, then they have another baby, another calf, when it comes into praying in public. Let me give you an, uh, an example. That something like this, if I ask one of you to come up here and pray, like, no, no, please, don't, 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 you probably put your head down. Don't, don't look at me, don't look at me, don't, don't count, don't, don't call me out. Others be like, yeah, pastor, I'm good, right? Everybody's got their own uh, level of, uh, of confidence in what they're doing. But let me give you an, uh, a great example of that. And yes, I'm calling myself out. Several years ago, and this probably maybe 10, 12 years ago, I was at an annual conference. An annual conference is about a thousand people, clergy and laity, all gathered together, and they talk about the, the, the things in, in the church as that's affecting uh, local churches as well. And in the midst of that, out of keeping in mind, let's say a thousand people, the bishop at that, uh, the presiding bishop and bishop at that moment, he says, well, at this moment, we're going to have a word of prayer. Now, this is not verbatim. I'm just remembering this. And of all everybody else, he says, I'm going to ask Pastor Ricky to come up to the microphone and pray. And God honest truth, I'd be like, why did he pick me? It's not that I couldn't, but my goodness. So as I'm walking up (laughs) to the microphone, he goes, I figure it's going to be like uh, dismissing us to to go to lunch or something on that. So I already had in my mind, okay, I'm going to be praying for the food. Let it give us the nourishments, you know, to the Lord, uh, take out any calories that are are in this uh, uh, food. (laughs) So so I'm going into the microphone and then he says, oh, and Pastor Ricky, I'm going to ask you to pray for this and this and this and this. You heard that laughter because my mama was actually sitting next to me when that happened. I didn't pray for anything that he said to pray for. (laughs) So I just prayed a a general, you know, generic prayer. 
And if the, if the bishop is, if that, that bishop from back then, that's probably three bishops ago, he's probably seen me like, oh, no wonder. But, and then uh, the next day, no lie, she's my witness, my mama. We're going to go to a time of prayer. I'm going to ask Pastor Ricky to come up here. I'm thinking, <laughs> come on. <laughs> But for some of you, that may be like a, a huge weight, an elephant will be on you. There's no way. Don't call me out. I'll look the other way. But get, get this. When it comes to prayer, there's also another elephant for some of you that may be born, another calf. And that is when it comes to the point of speaking in tongues, praying in tongues. So I want to go into today's scripture references about uh, uh, speaking in tongues. And you've got to keep in mind that in John chapter 14, Jesus, before he gave himself up, he was telling the, the disciples, look, you know, uh, love me and, and then uh, follow my commandments and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate uh, and who will show you all truth and then he will not leave you. And then there's a Holy Spirit. And that's found in John chapter 14, I believe verse uh, 15. But I want to go into knowing that the, the Spirit is given to us to be with us and not to forsake us, to always be uh, on our side and for us to not feel as orphans. I want to go into the book of Acts, chapter 1. Only one verse. I'm going to read off of this one. The one verse is chapter 8. And it says here, and this is before, like when, as Jesus is ascending um, after his uh, resurrection, he's uh, ascending, he tells them this. He says, but you, in verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon, upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So when we were receiving power in the Holy Spirit, when we received the Holy Spirit, at that time was when the disciples were going to receive the Holy Spirit, they were going to receive power. And what power was it to be? It was to be witnesses of Jesus, and not for our sake, not saying look at us, but it is more as I look at Jesus, look at God has done through us and for us and in us that we're still pointing to Jesus and not pointing to ourselves or another individual. And so what's taking place here is we receive power. So if you turn the page over in chapter 2, I want to share with you, beginning on verse 5, this is the time when the Pentecost took place. Now, I know that uh, Pentecost Sunday is, is listed as uh, next weekend, but I want to share with you, I thought, uh, what great opportunity to come here and talk about the prayers, especially speaking in tongues, when it deals with the uh, elephant in the church for our church people. I want to make sure that you are strengthened, that you are built up, and that you are edified, and then this is one, currently one way of doing so. So the Holy Spirit had come uh, as, as Jesus had promised. And on verse 5, it says, at that time there were devout Jews where, uh, from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be, they exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Here we are, uh, Parthians, uh, Medes, the uh, Elamites, the people from Mesopotamia, and Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus, the province of Asia, 
Phrygia, we have uh, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the areas of Libya around Cyrene visitors from Rome. Both Jews and converts to Judaism, uh, Cretans and the Arabs, and we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. You see, when we have the, the, the spirit within us, and then he is, uh, uh, when, we're, when, they're, when they were speaking in tongues, they received the power of the Holy Spirit, they, those individuals were able to speak in the language of the native language of those who were around. Why did they do that? Also, part of that is they were able to hear in their own language about God. It wasn't about any other individual. It was more about leading people about God. And it's so interesting. For example, that song that my mother and I uh, did. If we did not have a translation, I believe many of you would not have understood if there was no translation. But because there was translation, at least you were following along and you were hearing the, 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 the words, even though they were in Spanish, you were able to see the translation and follow along. That way you can understand what good is it if there is a language that's being spoken and no one is edified, being built up from it. It is not strengthening the church. And that's what the Apostle Paul was talking about here. I want to go to 2 Corinthians, excuse me, 1 Corinthians chapter 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. I'm going to skip around a little bit because it's a long chapter, but I want to share with you at least beginning on verse uh, 1 through 5. Let love be your highest goal, but you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives you especially the ability to prophesy. If, for if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God since people don't, uh, won't be able to understand you. And I just mentioned that. What good is it? You will be speaking by the power of the Holy Spirit, but it will be all mysterious. You know what? And let me pause there for a moment. That's what, uh, when it talks about the elephant in the church, when people don't understand uh, that's something that's happening, uh, they either dismiss it or they make fun of it or things, but it's the, the language of the Spirit, when it is being spoken in a different language, it is to be edifying ourselves, but also when it's done in church, I'm going to share with you what happens. So again, it is mysterious. But one, verse three, but one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally, but one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. I wish you all, I wish you could all speak in tongues, but even more, I wish you could all prophesy for prophecy is greater than speaking in tongues unless someone interprets what you are saying so that the whole church will be strengthened i'm going to skip down to verse 10 verse 10 says there are many different languages in the world and we know that different languages and every language has meaning but if i don't understand a language i will be a foreigner to someone who speaks it and the one who speaks it will be a foreigner to me the same is true for you since you are so eager to have the special abilities the Spirit gives. Seek those who will that will strengthen the whole church. 
So anyone who speaks in tongues should pray also for the ability to interpret what has been said. For if I pray in, my, in tongues, my spirit is praying, but I don't understand what I'm saying. Well then, what shall I do? I will pray in the spirit and I will also pray in words that I understand. I will also, I will sing in the spirit and I will also sing in words I understand. For if you praise God only in the spirit, how can those who don't understand you praise God along with you? I mean, that's why we have a sense of a corporate worship. When we all sing together and the words come out and everybody's coming together, you understand the language, you understand the words, and therefore it is easier for you to come alongside and just sing. How can they join you in giving thanks when they don't understand what you're saying? You will be giving thanks very well, but it won't strengthen the people who hear you. So it's saying here if that if you are praying in, in, the, in the tongues, if you're praying in the spirit, and nobody else around you understands what you're saying, first of all, they may think that you're crazy. What is going on up in here? You know, if, you go, if you've gone to churches that they, they, they break out in speaking in tongues, you don't know what to do. But at the same time, ladies and gentlemen, it is not for us to make, make sure that we're not making fun of those individuals. What happens is, is making sure that a church who is speaking in tongues, that there is an interpreter for that, uh, the, the one that's speaking in tongues. And it could be the one that's speaking in tongues can be the interpreter themselves. When I'm here, again, when I'm here and I was singing uh, with my mother, and if it was just only the two of us that were singing up here, but it'd be like, are, are the words in the bottom that are really tra uh, translated, are they really the words? Well, what I would say is that, first of all, yes, right? And, and second of all, is anybody else that knows the language of Spanish, you, we have witnesses that, yes, it follow along what they're saying. It gives you comfort. It strengthens the church. You can understand what we're, what we're saying up here, and you can follow along because what we're doing is worshiping God, but that's in church. On verse 22, it says here, so you see that speaking in tongues is a sign not for believers, but for unbelievers. Prophecy, however, is for the benefit of believers, not unbelievers. Even so, if unbelievers or people who don't understand these things come into your church meeting and hear everyone speaking in an unknown language, they will think, oh, there it is. They'll think that you're crazy. But if all, who, uh, all of you... But if all of you are prophesying, then unbelievers or people who don't understand these things come into your meeting, they will be convicted of sin and judged by what you say. As they listen, they, their secret uh, thoughts will be exposed and they will fall to their knees and worship God, declaring God is truly here among you. See, there's conviction that comes along. When the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon you, part of that power is to strengthen the church, not just for our own selves. On verse 26 says, Well, my brothers and sisters, let's summarize. When you meet together, one will sing, another will teach, another will tell someone special revelation God has given. One will speak in tongues, and another will interpret what is said. But everything that is done must strengthen all of you. And that whole chapter, chapter 14, it continues to speak about the, 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 the speaking of the tongues, but also in order. 
If there is interpret, if there's someone that breaks out in speaking in tongues, if there's nobody in the church or the meeting or, or life group that is not interpreting it, then they must, the Bible is, uh, says later on, that they must remain silent. Why? Because God is a God of order. It is not of chaos and not of one, a God of confusion. So if you're coming into a church and they're speaking in tongues, and, 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 and it happens, right? But if they're speaking in tongues and there's no interpretation, the church or the person who is speaking in tongues should remain silent because it's not helping or edifying or strengthening the church. When you pray in tongues then it is something that you, you, don't, you don't understand. Like Paul, uh, the Apostle Paul is saying, he doesn't really understand what he was uh, saying at the moment, but he felt it in his spirit that the spirit, his spirit was connecting to God's spirit, but then he also prayed in words that he could understand. So for the church here today, I want to let you know that, uh, oh, the speaking in tongues, that was from way back. No, no, there's, uh, we still have the same spirit. Remember, God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He has given us the precious spirit to be with us, to guide us, to teach us of all truth. And part of that is sometimes we don't know what to say. But I love that the scripture also gives us another Passage on Romans chapter 8. You return with me. Romans chapter 8, beginning on verse 26. I'm going to find it here. Romans chapter 8, beginning on verse 26, and it speaks about the Holy Spirit. Verse 26 says, And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. Most of the time, where, where do we find ourselves when we're praying to God is when we are in need of something or we feel weak or we need strength or whatever it may be. Not, the, not just only the, the, the good occasions and the joyous occasions, but when we're weak. But it says the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. Remember, it is when you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And it says, for example, we do not know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. So I pray, ladies and gentlemen, when you, if you're, if you're struggling with prayer, that you start just praying to God and say, God, this is how I'm feeling like as if you're talking to someone, knowing that it's God. And, and so be careful how you approach God. Approach him with reverence and, and, and reverential fear, not saying, hey, what's up, homie? Or what's up? You know, remember, he's God. But to come in, in, with humility and submission, and God, I come before your presence. I'm not worthy uh, on here, but because of your son and what he has done for me, I'm able to come be, before you, I'm, and I, I ask for forgiveness. And, and whatever, you, you, whatever is going through your heart or, or what you're feeling, and that elephant, that you're, the weight that you're, you're carrying to let it go, uh, God, here, I want to lay them at your, uh, uh, right before you. I, I want, I want, whatever the words, I don't want to put words in your mouth. But there are going to be times, ladies and gentlemen, that you may break out and it's like, what am I saying here? Don't, don't get scared. I mean, some, some of you would, would get scared, right? If you start speaking in an unknown language while you're trying to pray. But don't, but don't dismiss it. Say, what's, God, what's here? And, and I believe that the Spirit is going to provide you with a sense of peace, not a, not a spirit of fear as you're praying. But then if you're coming into a church setting and you hear uh, someone speaking in, in tongues, or you go to a church, 
another church that you're visiting or, or, or know of where they're speaking in tongues. You don't, you don't know that or you probably make fun of them or things. Well, you got to be careful. You're not making fun of them. The Spirit of, of God is still alive and well today. And he is uniting the church people to make the body of Christ having the body, having Christ as the head of that body. But let not, I, I pray, ladies and gentlemen, that as we finish out this series of this elephant in the church, I pray that the, when you approach God in prayer, whether it's for yourself, and if someone says, hey, can, can you pray for me? That as you continue to practice the, the, the part of prayer and the communication, uh, then all of a sudden when someone calls you out in public and say, hey, can you pray, just like they did to me uh, in, in, at annual conference, and yes, I didn't pray for everything that the, the bishop at that time uh, asked me to pray for. But I prayed, you know, that, that God still heard me because I just want to be able to pray to God in the midst of a thousand people. Not only that, the cameras that were there. So I pray, ladies and gentlemen, again, that this, if you're dealing with an elephant in the church or, or an elephant when it comes with prayer, prayer for self, prayer for an individual, prayer in public or speaking in tongues, that God will be able to lead you and guide you and to really have the sense of peace within you and not the spirit of fear. Not to mock when somebody uh, uh, prays in, in, uh, in, the, in the tongues, but I, there also has to be order. If there's no interpretation, that person should not, you know, should keep to themselves because it is not strengthening, it is not comforting, and it is not edifying the church. And God is a God of order, and he wants to make sure that there is no confusion, but there is strengthened by the power of the Holy Spirit when we receive him. Let us pray. Loving God, we come before your presence and thanking you for another day of life that we've gathered from this worship service to worship you, to hear your message today about uh, you know, the, the, the elephant in the church at times when we deal with prayer, when we deal with praying for uh, an individual, praying for in, in the spirit, uh, the speaking in tongues. It, is, uh, it could be foreign to many of us, God, but if anything, that we seek what the Spirit wants of us, God, and that we can come together and knowing if that is being done, if, there, if people are speaking in tongues, let, it, let there be interpretation. But also knowing, God, that we can really continue to build ourselves, just like the Apostle Paul was saying, if there's a moment that we can pray in the, in the Spirit, let there be also moments that we pray in words that we know. If there's a song that we're, praying, that we're singing in the Spirit, let there be a song that we are uh, singing with words that are known. Lead us and guide us with that precious Holy Spirit that will provide power and also to teach us your ways. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.